really great to have you here this evening, particularly want to welcome you if you're a guest and even want to extend a, a wider welcome if church is not your thing and you're here this evening with a friend or maybe you just found us some other way. We particularly want to be a welcoming place uh, for people that are seeking skeptical or in some other place outside the boundary of faith or Christianity. We're really honored that you've chosen to spend this evening here with us. We believe the Bible is the Word of God, and as a result of that, we seek to avail ourselves to it on a weekly basis because we think that enough people have enough opinions. That's not really going to help us a lot. We're looking for something outside of ourselves to be able to bring truth, to be able to bring grace, and to be able to bring life into our lives, and we believe that God does that through the gospel, which is his word. It's the proclamation of the good news, even though it's oftentimes dispensed as good advice. This evening, we get the particular pleasure of looking at Luke chapter 1 and hearing the good news proclaimed in a historic and fascinating way as we look at this aspect of the birth narrative of Christ. It's our custom here to stand for the reading of God's word, so if you're willing and able, would you please stand with me as I read the text for us this evening from Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Pray with me. Father, we pray simply this evening that you would show us your truth and that your truth would set us free. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Some of our really good friends years ago when we were young married bought a really awesome new house that was actually a duplex. We were living in St. Louis at the time and they bought this house near Washington University, kind of in the midtown area of St. Louis and specifically this neighborhood was called U City or University City and it had amazing old brownstone type houses and they had been renting this house for a while and had gotten to know the owner who was an elderly woman that lived below and they lived above her, and they cared really well for her. With no ulterior motive, they were just seeking to honestly show the love of Christ for her and to be able to care for her in her old age. 
Sadly, she didn't have a lot of family, and the family that she did have had more or less neglected her. And so our friends were really family to her in this situation. And so as time went on, and as they rented and leased there for a few years, her health started to decline, and she was quite elderly anyway. And it was her time to go and to be with the Lord. And so she passed, but before doing that, they had worked out an arrangement where they would have the opportunity to purchase not only the apartment or the duplex part that they were living in, but the entire building in this really historic and fantastic neighborhood. And so they were able to do that, and they were able to gain possession of this house and this building and this duplex and to really dream big dreams about this. And it was an awesome house, but it was also really old and had a lot of things that they had to tend to and really work through to get it together. And so it took them a long time, those of you that have ever had a project especially if that project is a house before, you know that it takes a long time. And this house actually not only had two floors, it had four stories, including a basement, and that would be the fourth. And so after they had gotten things in order where they lived and gotten things in order in another house, they were getting things in order in other places up on the upper level, which was essentially a glorified attic, and then also getting things in order on the lower level, which was a not-so-glorified basement. And in going through different things in the basement, you know, marveling at all the tar that existed on the walls in the basement because people had smoked in the house for so long, they realized that there was a bunch of trash. And a lot of this trash, thankfully, was in trash bags, and so they were just starting to throw away the trash bags. And one of my friends said to his wife, you know, we need to probably make sure that this is not just, you know, something else, that it is indeed trash. And so they thought, well, that's a good idea, and they, they you know, kind of with fear and trepidation started to rip open a set of garbage bags that had, been set, that had been sitting over there in the corner, and they had been in the house well over a year at this point, and when they started to rip open the garbage bags, they started to see something that looked like dollars, lots of dollars. They ripped open that trash bag, and another trash bag, and another trash bag, and they were able to uncover somewhere between fifteen and $20,000 cash in trash bags in the basement. What an amazing gift. We would all love to have that gift, to uncover the gift maybe tomorrow morning under the tree of fifteen to twenty grand in cash. It's not really what it works. That's not really how it works most often. But what a surprising opportunity for our friends. What an amazing opportunity. What an unlikely and unconventional place to find such a gift as money buried more or less in trash bags in this old basement. And then furthermore, it's not lost on me or you if you think about it, that they had done so many things and given their attention to so many other things in this house that the, really the last thing they got to and the last thing they were thinking about was the basement. And then the last thing in the last thing they were thinking about were these trash bags. And little did they know that one of the best things in the entire house was lying in the basement in these trash bags with the gift of money. It seems to me in many ways that's true about the gift of Christ. We go through our lives, oftentimes, even the most religious people, really ignoring or neglecting or not realizing the significance of the gift of Christ to God's people. But that's what Christmas really is all about. It's about God giving his gift 
the greatest gift he could give, which is his son Jesus, to his people. And he does this because he loves us. Christmas is simply stated about God's love for his people. And I want us to reflect very briefly in a little more detail what we can see about God's gift and what we can see about God through Christmas this year. Maybe for the first time tonight, maybe in a deepening way to further your faith more, or maybe just in a way that renews and refreshes our understanding of the gospel. Because the gift of Christ through Christmas shows us God's presence, God's power, and God's promise. It shows us God's presence as we see this great word in many of the texts, both in the Old Testament and the New, Emmanuel, which simply means God is with us. There's a marital therapist named Sue Johnson that wrote a book called Hold Me Tight. And she says you can basically boil down the health of any really relationship that is seeking real intimacy and specifically in marriage. You can boil it down to if the spouses towards each other can answer in the affirmative this question, will you be there for me? Sue Johnson says if you can be assured that someone that you're in a relationship with, let's say your spouse, will really be there for you. She says, then you have the foundation of intimacy in that relationship. Well, the gift of Christmas is the ultimate. God will be there for us. Emmanuel, God is with us. That's an amazing gift for us to experience at Christmas. But also we get to experience the gift of God's power at Christmas. Understand that God working in supernatural ways can be a defeater of belief for many people. Even for Christians, miracles are hard pills to swallow. But isn't that what religion and isn't that what faith are about? Getting beyond that which is natural, getting outside of ourselves, giving ourselves to something that is greater than we are, which is inherently going to be something that is supernatural? Many apologists have said it like this. We understand that the virgin birth is hard for us to conceive. But if you believe that God created all things, then impregnating a teenage girl by the gift of the Holy Spirit seems like nothing. We experience the gift of God's power through the virgin birth. But a little more personally for us today, we experience the gift of God's power in a supernatural way through salvation. And salvation in the gospel basically tells us this. It's not about you. It's not about your power. It's not about your godliness. It's not about your holiness. It's not about your religious duty. It's about what God has done for you. It's about his power. If you'll turn with me to the front of your bulletin, that quote by Tim Keller summarizes well the way in which we experience God's power, which is outside of ourselves knowing that we would never have the power to save ourselves. There has never been a gift offered that makes you swallow your pride to the depths that the gift of Jesus Christ requires us to do. Christmas means that we are so lost, so unable to save ourselves, that nothing less than the death of the Son of God himself could save us. That means you are not somebody who can pull yourself together and live a good life moral life. We need a gift. We need a gift of power. 
So we experience God's love through His presence, through His power, and then lastly, we experience this amazing gift of Christ through Christmas, through God, in His promise. He gives us His presence, He gives us His power, and specifically individual saving power for each of us, but then He also gives us the promise. Those of you who worship regularly at resurrection and have been around here for a few years, hopefully we are learning to be more biblical and Christian in our understanding of Advent and for us to realize that celebrating Advent in 2021 is just as much, if not more, about the second coming of Christ than it was about the first coming of Christ. We live in this dynamic tension where we celebrate what God has already given us in the birth of His Son, but we also celebrate in great expectation the promise that God gives us in the second coming of His Son, which He promises He will come. He will come again and He will make all things right. He will come again. Heaven will come out into the new Jerusalem, the holy city. That's why we see, sing things like, Come thou long expected Jesus. Born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation. Hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation. Joy of every longing heart. So it's my hope and prayer that this would be a season, not only in looking back, but in looking forward. Looking forward to when Christ comes again. Not as a baby, but this time as a king. In fact, the book of Revelation tells us that when this man comes again, he will come riding a white horse. A little bit different than a baby lying in a manger. But with great hope, we live and celebrate that gift. Let me pray for us and we'll move towards the table. Father, we thank you for the gift you've given us in your son. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power and we thank you for the promise of your son to come again. We pray that Christ would come and that he would come quickly. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.